0: Well, greetings this Lord's Day, this first Lord's Day of the new year that God has given us, 2019. Amen? Amen? On what the church has celebrated as epiphany for about 1700 years. Andy said that I should try to work into today's uh, liturgy at least one moment where I do this. Okay, so I just did it. It's a I just had an epiphany um, and <laughs> Advent and the 12 days of Christmas have been accomplished today, and Epiphany helps us to put a seal on the story of the coming of the Christ child uh, to earth as man. This was the beginning and the end of sin and death. You know, as you get older and you experience more life, you understand a whole lot more why this is the most incredible and important aspect of everything. The end of sin and death. Sin and death is horrible. It's horrible in every way. Last night, our family actually watched the Indy Wilson movie, The Riot and the Dance. Have you guys seen that? It's, a, it's very, very interesting. It's basically planet Earth for us uh, with uh, Brother Doug Wilson's brother, uh, who's a PhD, some kind of biologist, going around the world, showing the beauties of the world and talking about God and creation and sin and the fall and the restoration of all things. It's really neat. Uh, cobras and whales and you know, rainforests and, and, and all like that. Uh, and he doesn't quite have David Attenborough's voice, but uh, <laughs> but he's pretty good and the filming is absolutely beautiful. So if you want to watch something with your kids that teaches them about how God is making all things new. You know, something that's amazing it's gonna be in my sermon today, but they were we were it, this so often happens when I watch something right before a Sunday. Uh, he's in India not far from where we're going to be and he's showing the different snakes that are around and he's showing the Cobra and he stops with the Cobra and says, uh, you know it talks about the Cobra in the Bible that one day the infant child will play with the Cobra and so he gets out the Cobra you know and then he goes to uh, to the adder and he gets one of those out and He says, and the Bible says, and the little child, the toddler, will play on the adder's den. You know, God is going to even make that new. Isn't that pretty incredible? That somehow not only are we being redeemed, but the entire world and all of creation. They're not going to be hyenas ripping apart, you know, wildebeest and all that kind of stuff. That's going to stop. What a world it's going to be. Amen. The work that Jesus did. Here on earth was the beginning and the ending of all these things. His death on the cross, his resurrection were the cornerstone of the work of making all things new. Jesus is the new king of the earth. On Epiphany, we celebrate those who received him from every kindred, every culture, every country on earth. And we celebrate that fact that we have, us right here, the people here today, that we have received our king. Psalm 102 says this, as David cries out, he says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call. Answer me speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned as an hearth. My heart is smitten and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin, I am like a pelican in the wilderness, and I am like an owl of the desert. I watch, and I am as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. Mine enemies reproach me all the day, and they that are mad against me are sworn against me, for I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping. Because of thine indignation and thy wrath, for thou hast lifted me up and cast me down, my days are like a shadow that declineth, and I am withered like the grass." But thou, O Lord, shall endure forever and thy remembrance unto all generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her, yea, the time that is set is come. For thy servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof, so the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth thy glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This stone shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he hath looked down from the height of the sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the people are gathered together in the kingdoms to serve the Lord, he weakened my strength in the way, and he shortened my days. And I said, oh my God, take me not away in the midst of thy days. Thy years are throughout all generations. Of old thou hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all them shall wax old like a garment, as a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. The children of thy servants shall continue and their seed shall be established before thee. Let us pray. Lord, you are king over all the earth, and today we have come on this new year, Lord, on this new Lord's day that you have given us to proclaim your lordship in this house and from here all over the earth. Lord, we come before you bowing to our king, asking forgiveness for our sins, knowing that you will... Offer it to us and give it to us and pardon us. Lord, we come to you, your hungry servants, longing for the bread that when a man eats, he hungers no more and longing to drink that which we can drink where we will thirst no more. We long to hear your voice. Lord, may we be like creation who heard your voice and when it heard your voice, everything changed. When there was darkness and you said, let there be light, there was light. Lord, speak your words to us as we hear them. Let us be changed. Let us be new today. In Christ's name, we pray. And all the church said, "Amen." Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. As I've been doing. It seems like now for several weeks, um, my text is going to also come from our reading. So my text today, my sermon today is called, All Things Being Made New Through You. This is an amazing topic. One that I think will be a little bit hard for us to understand. um, But all things, everybody say, "All all things are made new. Through me. me. Almost sounds impossible. We can't even hardly get our houses clean, right? But all things are going to be made new through you and me. Our text is Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more seed. And I... John saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, nor crying, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Let us pray. Lord, this is an amazing thing that we're going to be talking about today. And I pray that your voice would be heard above all others. Lord, that you would speak through me words that would help us to see in the mirror of the Word of God who we are. And what you are doing in us and through us, Lord. And I pray that we would rejoice in it. That it would give us strength and determination. That we would set our hearts like a flint. And that we would not become weary in well-doing. In Christ's name we pray and all the church said amen. 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 You may be seated. We have a glorious future ahead of us here in 2019 and really just period. But we also have a glorious right now. I was sitting here, Steve, during the, the liturgy, and I, sometimes I get a little distracted, and my mind wanders, and you'll, you'll know when that happens because I miss things, or I go off the script. What I wasn't missing is that the cardboard fell off the window back there, and we had a wide open window. Uh, uh, you know, Someone was about to feel air blowing down their neck any moment, and so uh, it was kind of funny to see a hole in the window. Of the church and you might say well that sounds funny well it's it is funny it's the middle of winter right we live in a world that seems to be falling apart does it not how many of you uh, spend a lot of your time fixing things I do if I told you all the things that were fixed at the Robin Hood household you would think that you, you wouldn't believe it I had a vehicle that had an engine die I had another one that needed a major repair which was done I had my well pump that went out on Christmas Day. It's been really great. It's been fantastic. It's been a reminder that things are wearing down and things are broken. And and those are little piddly things, right? Because when a person stops and breaks, that's a whole other thing. Amen? Now, don't believe the headlines and don't believe the prognosticators don't believe the prevailing thought of most evangelical Christians we have an incredible future ahead of us Amen. despite the fact that we look around and all of these things are breaking and failing and we're so weak Amen. I mean it's amazing you know I pray that you know I, I drove past this stone uh, beautiful building and I, I I literally said God I want one of those I, I want one like I want a big stone. Why do I want stone? Well, hey, you know, you don't have to paint it, right? It's just stone. Probably isn't going to fall over, right? I want one of those, but probably, I don't even know how I'd take care of it if I had one of those big, giant stone churches. You see, when Jesus came into the world, He won His fight with the flesh and the devil and the world. And we have a hard time believing this. I've been really benefiting from R.C. Sproul's series of the life of David. I've been listening to it. I would encourage you to listen to it. He said, "You know, people don't have as hard a time believing in God as they do believing God, right? All of us. Oh, I believe in God. I believe there's a God in heaven. I believe He's doing great things. But believing in Him is one thing, but believing Him is another. And He says." according to his word that he is making all things new and when we get into what the scripture says how he's doing that that's the part that we go well i don't that's probably not me i'm i'm not going to be doing that it's hard enough for me to get my winter clothes switched over to my spring clothes or whatever it's hard enough for me to get the laundry out of the hamper or you know, fix the leaking sink. How in the world are you going to do all that it's talking about in Revelation chapter 21 through people like us? Oh, my friend, that is what I'm here to talk to you about today. Because you may not have uh, trouble believing in God, but I know just like me, you have trouble believing God. When Jesus came, he began the process that cannot be reversed. He started a building project that cannot be derailed. He spoke the words of the new creation and there was light that cannot be put out. Amen? He said that I have come to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said that my people will be a glorious city set on a hill that cannot be hid. He said that we would be salt and light as his kingdom comes and his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And we go, oh, doesn't that sound nice? Because one day uh, the rapture will come and he'll burn the earth and he'll just make a new one. No, no. I'm telling you, that's not how it's going to happen. He's going to make it new through you. Jesus conquered and he is conquering every day. And ultimately he will conquer everything that exalts itself above him. But he will do this through. Say me. I want to say through you, but I need to be saying it. and You need to be saying it through me. God's going to do this through me. Every man, every thought, every government, every disease, all poverty and injustice, God through Christ is making all these things new. And He's doing it through you. There was a man by the name of Louis Pasteur. There you, you go through history and you'll find these moments in history where somebody said, That's it! I'm done with this! I'm done watching people die like this. Nathaniel Bowditch was a man like that. I'm done! I'm going to figure out a way to do navigation that doesn't depend on all the things that, they, that, that we do now because thousands of people are dying. There are men who built lighthouses, men who conquered disease, men who fought against poverty, and they did it. Yellow fever killed you know, millions of people through time, but we don't hear about it these days. Smallpox ravaged its way through country after country, but we... Never see it today, hardly ever. It's a pretty wonderful outlook on the world that should give us confidence to work the works of righteousness in the daylight of His reign. Young people, children, big people in this room, you may think that you can't do much, but I can tell you, you're going to do it all. How can it be? How could it be that one day, one day, Heath, there' will be no cancer? Because there will be a man that God raises up who figures out how to kill it. And we'll talk about the days when cancer used to stomp through the earth, declaring glory over God. And you'll remember a day when cancer is a memory. I think you'll live to that day. You may go, what are you talking about? Are you, have you gone crazy? I thought this was a church service. Folks, God is doing this kind of thing through us. That's why we should study and become doctors and and learn about God's world and conquer in the area of finances and build empires. Why should we do it? Because Christ is conquering the world, and he's making it new through, through me. Oh, yeah, Steve's got it. Come on, through me. God gives us, he gives you and me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said it this way to the Corinthians who were way worse off than you, I can tell you. I mean, how many of you were going down to the, temp, to the to temple of Artemis where Diana is there in what was great wonder of the world and worshiping a false god in a temple filled with temple prostitutes? How many of you were doing that? None of you. But here's what he said to them. He said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. What does that mean? He's saying that your labor is doing something, you are accomplishing something. They had no idea that a letter written to them to encourage them would be a pillar in the life of every believer for the next 2,000 years. They had no idea that their struggles, that their failures, that their weaknesses, that their sins would be something we could stand on with confidence and hope. And I read 1 Corinthians and I read 2 Corinthians and they were struggling and they were failing but they didn't realize that their struggles and failures made way for a pillar to be built in this earth that cannot be torn down. Amen? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And the words were written about these Corinthians. There is work to be done. There is work worth doing. And no matter how many times your flesh tries to tell you that it's a waste of time, no matter how many times the devil tempts you to give up, that this little bit doesn't matter, we need to heed God's word and believe it. It is true and see all of our doubts and fears are false. What could Steve Boise do? What could Jonathan Narwhal do? Jonathan and Ashley's arms are already full and, and they're just trying to figure it out. I mean, what can we do? Folks, I'm telling you, what you're doing makes the devils shudder with terror and he hopes you'll just stop doing it. I love Jonathan's prayer. I wish every person in this room could get it could understand it could understand that the little tiny things they do the little raising of the children the little discipline i heard i was hearing luke up here talking to andy and you know what i don't know if we all have everything right but i can tell you what luke wants to raise his kids right and he's going i want to do this right and maybe if i do it this way because god's word says this you see that's what believing god is about we might could just say you know what my kids are crazy i'm giving you know whatever No, no, no. God's word says that we are to uh, train them up in the way that they should go, that we should teach them diligently when they rise up, when they lie down, when they walk by the way, when they, right? Oh, what good could it do? Oh, what good it's going to do? I'm telling you right now, the enemy of your soul would like to tell you that you have gone too far, that you have done too much, that like David was not allowed to build the temple because of his bloody hands, you cannot be a part of what God is doing. He will try to make you think that there are big things to be done and you can't do them because he knows that if you do a little, that more will happen, and he doesn't want that. This thing is not true. God has said that Jesus is building a church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. That through our sin, though our sins be as scarlet, he shall make us white as snow. Beloved, now, right now are you the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what it what shall be. Let me tell you what shall be, if you could see it. You'd be grinning from ear to ear today. You would be going, oh, wait a minute. In eternity, when I look back, I did that. I got to be a part of that. I resisted the principalities and powers and the rules of the darkness of this world by spanking my child and telling him that he must obey the Word of God and that he must love God with all of his heart and soul and his mind. This little kid that I couldn't even get to pay attention long enough, hardly to teach him to read, has become a stone, a lively stone in the building building. That is the kingdom of God. Folks, when I read to you from Revelation, and he read, and, and I've heard all these lofty explanations about what this new Jerusalem out of heaven is going to be, but let me tell you, the Bible tells us what it is. It's you. The Bible says we are lively stones built up for a holy habitation of God in the Spirit. And I was impressed, I Amy. Mean, you got, I don't know if you said all those names right of all those stones, but it sounded like it. And I was listening to him read them off, and I'm like, oh, there's an onyx. There's a burl. There's a topaz. We're reading about it, and you think it's some picture of something that descends out of heaven that isn't you, and you've missed it because God's work that he's doing, the new Jerusalem that comes out of heaven to earth, that's you, the church. That's what the Bible teaches us. Revelation 14 says this. Here is the patience of the saints. Everybody say, the patience of the saints. I mean, wouldn't you love it to be said on your tombstone one day, he had the patience of a saint. (laughs) Not going to be on mine. Here are they that keep the commandments of God, the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Blessed are the dead? Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors for their works. Follow them. I mean, Luke, I'm thinking when I get to heaven, I'm not going to worry about how I was trying to fix the van door and how I was underneath my deck pulling that pump out and about to rip my cartilage out of my shoulder. That the time I spent you know, having a fake pizza party for Luke Downey was really going to matter all that much. But it does. See, this is, it's not a secret. It's in the Bible. It says it over and over and over, but we don't believe it. We're like, I can't go on anymore. I mean, I can't take this. This just, is just too much to keep up. Blessed are the dead because their works follow them. I thought we were just forgetting about it all, Paul. Do you know that you're building on something that you're going to be building on for eternity, Elaine? Can you imagine that? You've already started work on it. You're going to look back and go, what? If you want a real detailed exegesis of every word of all of this, you can listen to Phil Kaiser. He just finished his revelation project, and wow, it's pretty interesting. I'm not going to give you that today. I don't have time for that. The work that you put into following our Lord Jesus, the hours that you pour into your children, teaching them to obey God's word, the courage you express in going to your brothers and sisters and husbands and wives and children when they are in sin and challenging them to honor God, this will follow you into eternity. You might be afraid of your wife, but I would say be more afraid of God. You might be afraid of your husband, but I would say be more afraid of God. You might be afraid to stir up your children. You're afraid that if you do something, it's like kicking a beehive and, and you're gonna, your peace is going to be disturbed and there's going to be stuff going on and you don't really want that. Be more afraid of God. Do the work. Do the hard work. You see your wife treating your children poorly. You should go to her and say, Sweetheart, you might not talk to me for a week, but I've got to tell you, you've got to do this. I hope you don't not talk to me for a week. That would be fantastic. Folks, when we're more afraid of our wives than we are of God, when we're more afraid of our husbands and our children than we are of God, when we're more afraid of what the world will think about what we do than we are afraid of God, then we say we believe in him, but we don't believe his word. He says, let me tell you, the dead, the in Christ, those that obeyed his commandments, their works follow them. And what are the works of God but obeying his word? Your sins will not your failures will not but those things done for Jesus will last. You see your sins will be forgotten, Luke. They'll be cast away from you as far as the east is from the west, but your works that you do right now, Andy, those works will not be forgotten. Those I mean it's hard to even remember all their names, probably, Andy. But a while back you're like, "You know what? I need to just spend a little time rather than call them the little girls." I need to be spending time with Keziah and with Abby and with Geneva and with Bethany and I need to understand who they are. Yeah, you do. You want to make a New Year's resolution. Make it with eternal things. And every one of you is eternal. The work that you do going, okay, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Andy, I know, you know, with our kids, we did so good with the first one and the second one and And making them, you know, learn all of these things. And as it got, it's like, okay, well, I already did this. And then, and then you get this new batch of kids, and well, they'll learn from the other kids. It's, it's a, it's a struggle. The text we read earlier from the book called the Revelation of Jesus Christ tells us of a future we can count on, a future that every eye shall see. They may be blind to it today, but someday everyone will see things as they are. And I'm telling you right now how they are. God is going to conquer the world through people just like you. And I hope he does it through you. As it says in John's gospel, it does not yet appear, but when these things come to their fullness, we shall see Christ. We shall see the works of God. He has been doing through us his children as they are in reality. I believe it's like the time when the prophet was with his servant and he, and he couldn't look. He's like, he's like, you think that army out there is something else, but I don't think you understand what's out there. I, Lord, would you open his eyes so that he can see? Could you imagine seeing? Jason, could you imagine that? You've been around a bunch of soldiers, right? Imagine if the, the Taliban had... Three thousand, and they were surrounding you guys and there was no way out and an old dude said we're alright Lord I want him to see what we and you looked out and you saw these angelic beings they didn't look too afraid and they were between you and the bad guys and they had bigger guns than the United States military you know Would you then, you'd be then like, wow, I mean, if I knew this, I wouldn't be cowering and quaking here in my little hut. And he stopped right then. Folks, that's what's going on right now. You can't see it. It says, beloved, you can't see what's going on right now, but by faith. And a lot of people think this faith thing is, you know, I don't have a Rolls Royce. So let me visualize a Rolls Royce. The Bible doesn't say it's kind of a dumb car anyway. But what the reality is is that Christ is building a church. He's doing it through you. That your works are going to last into eternity. That you're the lively stones of the holy habitation of God. That you are the trees of life and the trees of righteousness whose leaves are for the healing of the nation. Today I am calling on each of us great and small to walk by faith and not by sight. Like so many stories of God's word from Elijah to the widow of Zarephath. To the boy who shared his five barley loaves and two fish that fed 5,000. To the widow who gave her mites at the temple as Jesus and the disciples watched. All of these stories. The story of David with his stones. The story of every... They're all stories about this. All these true pictures of how God works and has, has chosen to work through the small and the ordinary things. And people like you and me to make things that were marred by sin and broken to make things new. Paul said it this way in his second epistle to the Corinthians. You guys should have this memorized. I quote it almost every week. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wisdom of the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring about those things that are. Did you hear this progression? Small things. Base things, things that aren't even there yet. I mean, come on. It's getting smaller and smaller. There are children that are not even born, that already have laid out before them a path in eternity that God is going to use to wipe away the tears from the eyes. We'll read it again and we'll go to it, but he talked about there. Where there'll be no more weeping. Really? You know, I pictured, I pictured this being in a static white environment in heaven, standing before the throne of God, and God's giant collective handkerchief would go by, and he would wipe the tears from our face, and that'd be it, that'd be the last day we ever cried. That's not what it's talking about. He's saying, let me tell you what is being done through you. You're going to end sadness and sorrow and sickness. And you're going to conquer the earth, one little child, one obedient act after the other. Until all things are crushed under the feet of the church. This is what is happening, but we we don't believe this. That's why we despair. That's why we give up. That's why we sin and we give up and... And we fail, but you know, God tells us, you know, it's all right. Do you know you're going to sin and you're going to fail? And I will even use your sins and your failures, just like I did with those Corinthians. Watch me. The things that are not, that no flesh, say no no flesh. No flesh shall glory in his presence. It'd be great to have a monument that said something good about you. The idea of this story is that in the end of it, What we'll go is we'll go, how did he do that? How did he do it? And we'll go, he did it through this guy who had trouble waking up in the morning. And he couldn't pay attention very good. And he forgot to put oil in his car and his motor burned up. That's not what happened to my truck, but that has happened to me before God works making all things new through you and through me and somehow by his power and his miraculous grace we're able to build things that will be impervious to destruction. I can tell you Foundation Farms never made anything. Me and Steve and the boys never made anything that was going to last forever. Maybe nothing that's going to last too long. But somehow Somehow That little shed. Remember we put that roof on that little shed around the corner from my house. They'll be putting a new one on there sometime. They'll be going, what morons put this on here? Just like we did to the last ones, right? we are like, who put this on here? But God tells us that we can build things that cannot be destroyed, that are forever. I mean, do you know why people go, they go over to Greece and they go over... Because they're like, they're amazed. They go to Egypt. They're like, wow, look at this. It's been here for a thousand years. Wow. Pastor Nang Tong's house looked like it had been there for a thousand years, but it had only been there probably 50. But one day those pyramids won't be standing in Gaza or wherever they are. I don't understand exactly how God does this, but we don't understand how God does most of what he does. For now, we need you to understand that our role in this work. here's Here's what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, these Corinthians are really helping us out, aren't they? Now, if any man build upon the foundation gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble... Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You see, this is what this is why we should take care of what we're doing. How many want to build an eternity and show up in eternity going, oh, I guess I get to start building now because I really didn't build a lot of good stuff. I just built wood, hay and stubble. Let me tell you about wood, hay and stubble. Wood, hay and stubble is worrying about what other people think. Wood, hand stubble is doing what other people around you think is what you ought to be doing. Building precious gold is going to the Word of God and going, well, you know, everybody doesn't do that, but God's Word is pretty clear about what I ought to be doing. I'm going to be doing that. Where's Big Bow? Is, is he up? Is he sleeping? big Val ran around with me as I went to buy this and fix this and whatever and it, he said dad why why are you poor he asked me this question because oh. <laughs> because sometimes when I do stuff I I get I'm like you stupid hillbilly you, uh, you he's like, what's wrong dad I'm like I'm like well you know son he said, well, why, dad, what, just tell me why you're poor. And I, I mean, only a little kid would say something like that to his dad, right? I said, well, I'm not really poor. I said, it looks like I'm poor. He said, it looks like you're poor? I said, yeah, it does. He said, well, where's all your money? I said, it's in heaven. Really? I said, oh, yeah. And... and I'm glad he's asleep because it would embarrass him because I said, well, I said, what I did is I decided that I was going to serve God and I didn't care too much about this other stuff. I said, for years and years, I did stuff and never made any money. In fact, I just was going backwards all the time, years and years and years of this. And I started talking about some of you and and I started telling him about it. And he goes, yeah, but what was your other choice? (laughs) He wanted to see if there was really a way I could have made money. What, he goes, I know what you did for the Lord and everything. I said, but, but what was your other choice? And so I told him, I said, well, I could have you know, sold medical malpractice insurance. And he goes, and they would have paid you money? I said, yeah, they, they were paying me a lot of money for that. Really? Huh. And I think he was wanting to see it, which would be more important, money you can't see or money you can see. And I'm like, I'm like, wow. Ah. Let me tell you about the money that you can't see. Jesus said, it is where thieves cannot steal it. It is where rust cannot corrupt it. It's where if a fire broke out, you can't lose it. And Val's like, I like that. I'm like, oh yeah? He goes, if it's really there, I said, oh yeah. God says it's there. You see, believing in God is one thing, but believing God is another. And you might think, you know, whatever. You can think whatever you want, but I believe it. I believe I'm a rich man. And I don't feel too poor. Don't, don't feel bad for me. I don't feel too poor anyway. I feel like I'm richer than most people. And you know what? God keeps sending me back to Myanmar. And he, if, if, for five minutes, if I want to feel sorry for myself and think I'm poor, I go to Myanmar and I go, oh, how rich I am. I played Andrea a little video this morning that somebody made about the widow of Zarephath. You guys remember that story? God had caused it not to rain on the earth for three and a half years, and a lot of people went hungry. Jesus talked about it. He said, you know, there were a lot of widows in the land, but Elijah did not go to their house. Do you guys remember that story? Elijah goes to her house and she says, He says to her, give me something to drink. Give me something to eat. And he she said, but the Lord liveth. I don't, I don't have anything. In fact, all I have, I'm about to go make in a little tiny cake and me and my son are gonna eat it and we're gonna die. And I was watching this video and I just begin to cry. I begin to think, I don't know what this would be like. To have no food to eat, to have a little baby back in the tent. And that's what this little video, you should Google it on YouTube. Could you imagine Laura, Luke being gone? She's a widow and you know, you're know you there with little Olivia and, and, and you're coming home and you see the hungry look on her face. and You have nothing for her. And you know that there's nothing to give her. And then the man of God comes and says, make me what you have. And she said, I don't have anything. Well, make it for me anyway. And he said, because thus saith the Lord. If you do it, your oil will never run out. And your meal will not waste. And I don't know what caused her to believe that. I'm sure it was the Spirit of God. So you and I could hear the story. But she went ahead and she put the oil in there. and It seemed like it was all gone, but she went ahead and did it because she believed God. She had nothing else to hope in. She couldn't help hope in her own strength. That's our problem. When we have strength, we hope in it. When we have ability, we hope in it. And this woman had no husband. She had no money. She had a there was a famine. There wasn't even food to go get. They show her walking around the streets and she has this thing she's trying to sell. It's pitiful. And she, she drops it and it busts into a thousand pieces on the ground. I'm just like, oh. You see, that woman was a real woman. She's like you. You don't know it though. You don't know that you're living in a world that's filled with famine. You don't know that everything you have depends on God. You believe that your barrel is going to be full, but it's not. So she gave everything she had. How many of you have ever had the chance to do that? To give everything you have to God. She was in a blessed place, brother Jeff, because she could give it all. Just like the widow who came and brought her mite, We know what happened. She obeys the will of God and she's blessed, right? And not just blessed and she's having her Rolls Royce. God, she's blessed and she has food. And she's able to feed her little boy in this little, you know, I don't know. All her circumstances, but the widow of Zarephath. Here in our text for Revelation 21, we see how all things come together as God's plan for mankind winds up in these last verses of the Bible. Genesis and Revelation, these great bookends of God's word. They both talk about creation. In Genesis, we have the creation of the heavens and the earth and we know what happened with that creation. We know that man sinned. And when he did, he brought death and destruction. And even the creation began to groan at that very time. Weeds began to grow up. Animals that were meant to run and play together and to be beautiful out on God's plain, eating of his provision that he would provide for them, began to tear at each other and kill each other and savage one another. And here in Genesis we have the talk about the new heavens, the creation of the new heavens and the new earth. A great deal of what we see in Revelation is foretold, as we heard about already from Isaiah. I'm going to love reading this for you. There shall come forth a rod out of the stem. This is Isaiah 11, starting in verse 1. There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. We know who that is, right? Who's the rod of Jesse? Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of the knowledge of the fear of the Lord shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge after the sight of the eyes. Everybody say, He's not judging after the sight of the eyes. I mean, could you imagine? He's saying, I'm going to conquer death by letting them beat me and hurt me and thrust nails through my hand and accuse me of a crime I didn't commit of spitting upon me and mistreating me and crucifying me. He shall not judge after the sight of the eyes. He shall not reprove after what he hears in his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor. Every poor man He encountered, every sick man He encountered, He judged them righteously. This is the beginning of the righteous judgment that will one day fill the earth. He started it. He shall smite the earth with the rod of His mouth, and with the breath of His lips shall He slay the wicked. The righteousness shall be a girdle of His loins, and the faithfulness of His girdle of His reins. And this is the most amazing. This is one of the most amazing turns in the Bible. So Jesus comes. He's going to judge things righteously. He's going to speak, and his words are going to kill in the earth what needs to be killed and put it away. He's going to this old earth is going to be brought down, brought low. Verse six. Steve, listen at this change, and the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. We always say the lion and the lamb. It's not in the Bible. Do you guys know that? The lion shall lie down and the lamb. Not not in the Bible. But the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the goat kid. The calf of the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. Andy, can you even imagine a world like this? Where baby lion cubs are laying together with the calves. Where the lions and... And, and little children are taking a little lion by the mane. That's, what, that's one thing I love about Narnia. I love those little girls walking with that lion and putting their hands in his mane. I love it because I know that's days coming. Not just, not just the lion of the tribe of Judah, but all lions. Mm-hmm. Verse 7. What, why in the world is God putting this in the word? He's giving us a picture of a world we can't even imagine. Why? He wants us to see it. The cow and the bear shall feed. I mean, Andy, I've seen, uh, you know, 10,000 zebra in one of these things, and they're all together, and the lions are over there. They're not, the lions aren't grazing next to the zebra, right? They're all together in a a group because they're watching those lions over there. Like, when are they going to take off running, and when are they going to take off running at me, right? That's the world we live in. But that's not the world that we'll be. It says that the cow and the bear shall feed together. Their young ones shall lie down together. I was telling Andrew, I said, can you picture bear cubs and cow calves nuzzling and snuggling? God wanted us to see that in our mind. Why? Because they're picturing a world you cannot imagine. This is not heaven. There won't be, you know, uh, bears and, and all that. This is earth, folks. The cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, the lion shall eat straw like an ox, the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, which is a cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the den of a cockatrice. That's a deadly, deadly snake called an adder. They say the cobra, we learned this last night, with one bite of his fangs can kill 20 men with one bite. Yet the little kid. And you can picture this, right? If there was a hole in the ground and, and Cyrus or one of your little ones were over there, he'd just be wanting to reach his hand in it, right? Isn't that just the way little boys are? And one day he'll be able to reach right in and there'll be an adder in there and he'll be able to pull. Oh, look at this. You go, that, it could never be like that. How in the world is going to be? I don't know. I don't know. I mean we live in a world where a killer whale that could swallow a human being whole lets them ride on their nose. Some happened. I don't know exactly how that happened, but it did. And I know Luke's laughing at the guy that came in our church years ago and interrupted our church service and said, "Killer whales don't kill people." And I'm like, "Well, you can go swimming with them if you want." <laughs> this is amazing. This is incredible. He's picturing a world and he's explaining that this is not on clouds with harps and and little chubby angels. This is on earth. There shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full. They say "The the earth. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How in the world can the knowledge of the Lord in all of the earth keep leopards from jumping out of trees on top of us and eating us? I don't know. They're still doing it. Out west, mountain lions are jumping. They've killed people in America a couple this year. One day, by speaking the word of God, by living the word of God, by obeying the word of God, and taking care of the earth like we're supposed to, somehow the animals are not going to want to eat us anymore. And you know what? We're not going to want to eat them. Oh, no, Mark's a vegetarian. He's gone crazy. I'm telling you what. Vegetarianism is the way. It's not the way right now. It's the way that will be. I mean, if a lion isn't killing a zebra, are you going to want to, you know, kill a cow? No. He says, he, says this in the, he says this, and I don't have it right here in front of me. Maybe it's in Isaiah 65. He says, it'll be the day that when, when a man kills an animal, it'll be as though he's killed a man. What's he saying? He's saying it's going to be a world very much unlike... Now, I'm not saying we should do it. I'm not saying we should try to pull this off right at this moment. But there's something that God is going to do in the earth. And there are little pockets of this stuff that you see in the world. You can see it. There are places where these Buddhist monks hang out with these tigers and they all walk around. Have you guys ever seen that? And the tigers don't eat them. I don't, I don't understand what it is, but they don't. And they're not in cages. I don't know. Folks, I'm telling you, God is going to change the world through you and me. I don't know how, but it says He will. In that day, shall shall there be the root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign of the people, and it shall to it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Can you imagine what rest and peace there will be on the earth when people are not trying to kill each other, and animals are not trying to kill each other, and we're not gathering all of it so that we can kill them and slaughter them and bleed them and Put them in our freezers and uh, let that whole all of that's come to an end. I can't even imagine it. I am sought of them that ask not for me, and I am found of them that sought me not. That's us. We did not seek God. He sought us. He's loved us with an everlasting love. He's called us by His name. He's making us His children. And not only is He doing that, He's going to conquer everything through us. This is a great thing to look forward to, guys. It's a great reality to live in. Behold me, behold me, God says, unto a nation that was not called by my name. They're my people. God speaks here of man's total depravity and his grace. This is in Isaiah 65. I have spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people, but they didn't want me, so I have called everybody to come. They didn't come to my feast and so I've invited the lame and the blind and the halt to come in my house that it might be full and I will not only just save it through people that have had for generations my law to read, I'm going to take and I'm going to take the law that they haven't been able to read and I'm going to write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's what it says in Isaiah 65. You can keep reading. You can read Isaiah 66. You want to read this and talk about this with your family? You can do it. 60, Isaiah 65. Isaiah 66. Read it all. You will read it for yourself. He said, these people that had my law, it said they stood by themselves, and they said, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. This is verse 5 of Isaiah 65. He said, they are smoke in my nose. They're in irritation. They're disgusting to me. I'm going to make a beautiful people and I'm going to do it by the power of my spirit. That he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. This is verse 16. He that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hid from mine eyes. For behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth and the former shall not be remembered nor even come to mind. But you can be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. Who is this he's creating? What is this Jerusalem, Tim? What is it? I will rejoice in Jerusalem and there will be joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Somehow God is going to use me and he's going to use you to do these marvelous things. It's not something that will be done one day. In like a... Snap of a finger, it's something that will happen gradually over time. You can hear Phil talk about it on biblical blueprints. He he goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's beautiful. Verse 21, they shall build houses. And you know what they do when they build them? They're going to live in them. I like this. They're going to build houses and they're going to live in them. They're going to plant vineyards and they're going to live long enough to reap from them. They're not going to build in someone else's habit. They're not going to plant in another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people. What's he saying? When you look at a tree, someone will say, how old's that tree? And I go, I don't know. How many you have done this? Get this big tree in your own. How old is that tree? Like, I, don't, I don't know. That's what they're going to say. How, how old is Tim? Go, I, I don't know. He could be like 100, 150. I, I don't know. He's talking about long life, folks. Remember Jeff read for you, he said, he said, it won't be that a baby is born that he lives just a few days. No. If he doesn't live a hundred years, it'll be like something's wrong. A hundred years would be like the youngest. Folks, do you know we're starting to live in an age where almost every old person lives to be 95 years old? Most of the people you know, I grew up and people were dying at 60, in their 60s and, and that was the norm. But now people are dying in their 80s and they're dying in their 90s. Something is happening in the world. It comes to this, and I, I, I could go. I, actually, I have a lot, but I think I'm. I think you're getting what I'm saying.
1: They shall live
0: long and enjoy the work of their hands. Everybody say the work, hands. the work of my hands. They shall not labor in vain. They shall not bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed blessed of the Lord. Your work is not pointless. Your labor, when it says labor in vain, it's it's like you ever do work and work and work, and then it just you know you're you're kids, you know, you ever build, build, build with Legos and it all falls apart, you know, kind of a thing? Or you're working and working and working and it doesn't work out, right? That's labor in vain. uh, He's saying, no, no, no. The work you do isn't in vain. It's going to do something. It's going to accomplish something. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. Now, and while they're yet speaking, I will hear them. He's talking about our relationship with him. How many of you have, while you are praying, had God answer your prayer? I have. We're living in this day. Why? We should be a praying people. People of God. You want a New Year's resolution you can keep that doesn't have to do with how many pounds you're going to lose or you know, with how much you're going to work out or whatever goofy thing you've got going on. And I say goofy because it says it profiteth little. You want to profit a lot, I'll give you something to profit a lot. Pray. Pray. He said it would come to pass that while they're praying I'll answer them. I'll hear them. I'm liking this. God answers our prayer. We, prayers we can learn to be people of prayer, people who live as though God is listening cuz God is listening. Does he say he's listening, Steve? He says you don't have because you don't ask. He said, I know what you have need of before you ask it, but still ask it. And so what do we do? We think God is like us, and we're tired of asking him for things because we don't want to bug him. You know, Andy's got all these kids, and his kids are asking him, and he's just thinking, oh, you know, I'm only one oh, man. And God's going, I'm not like that, Andy. You can ask me every single day. You can ask me for things. You can ask, you don't. while you're asking, I, I want to give it to you. Isaiah 65, after he says this, he says this again. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like a bullet. And the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt or destroy. See, this is Isaiah 65. He said it in Isaiah 11. He said it in Isaiah 65. He says it in the book of Revelation. He's talking about earth. Somehow all of creation, not just man, will be purged from the curse of sin. A day will come, God says, that death will not only be conquered for us, but even animals and man will once again live in harmony and not kill one another. Isaiah 66, I'll, I'll try to wrap it up. I was going to go through 66 and Revelation 21 and Revelation 22. And I know that that's probably too much for you today. Isaiah 66 starts out with a quote that Stephen quotes on the day he stoned in his sermon. He said, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool where is the house that you build me and where is the place of my rest do you know we know the answer to that question that they didn't know we are God's place of rest he lives in us we are the habitation of God he dwells with man that's what he says in Revelation behold all things are come new I will dwell with men and I'm going to dwell in them you see God living in us is what's going to change the world you know how Christ living in you Paul changes you Do you know Christ living in the world in the church is going to change the world? That's what's going to happen. We know about Jesus coming into our heart and we talk about all that, right? But how about bringing Jesus into the world to save the world? The world can be filled with the Spirit of God because we fill it and we are filled with it. For all those things hath my hand made and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of contrite, a man that trembles at my word. He that kills an ox will be as if he slew a man. He that sacrifices a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offers oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He's saying there's no need to offer sacrifice anymore. There's no need for anything to die anymore. Stop it already. Rejoice with Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Her pain came, but she was delivered of a child. Who hath heard of such a thing? How can it be done that the earth made to bring forth in one day a new earth? How can it be? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. He's saying when Christ came into the world, this new kingdom was born. Can I read just a little bit more and I'll close? He goes, Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad with her, all you that love her. Rejoice with her, all you that mourn for her. Come, suck, be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations that you may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the Gentiles shall be... A flowing stream. Picture the world as a giant desert with no water. And the stream comes. The peace that flows like a river comes to and through the New Jerusalem and through the Gentiles. A stream begins to flow. You shall be born upon her sides and dandled upon her knees. He's saying the world is going to be dandled on the side of the church. And be raised like a baby to a new world. As one whom a mother comforts, so will I comfort you. And you shall be comforted. And when you see it, your heart shall rejoice. And your bones shall flourish like an herb And the hand of the Lord shall be known toward His servants. I'm going to skip forward to Revelation again and I'll close with this. And I'll read it again and listen to it now. And I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. If you read the book of Revelation, you don't have to be a great scholar to know that the sea represents the Gentiles. There'll be no more sea. Because that's it. It's all going to be one world. We're not going to be separated by waters. We're not going to be separated by Jew and Gentile. It's all going to be one thing. I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Jeff, who in the world is that? That's you, and that's me. The bride we know is the church. The kingdom of God has come to earth. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God is dwelling with us. And as he dwells in us, he fills the world. God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death and sorrow, nor crying. There shall be there any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat up on the throne said, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. And he said, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the waters of life freely brother phil brought this out he said this has to be earth he said because salvation doesn't come to people in heaven it comes to people on the earth he that overcometh shall inherit all these things and i will be his god and he shall be my son i could go on for about a lot more i'm excited about this folks see it see this not as just a you know a new year's message hey we can do better this year see this as an eye-opening moment for you where you understand that it is not our job only to believe in god but to believe god what god is doing in the earth he will do and he will do it through you and he will do it through me let us pray oh lord we want to be a people who believe you who live like we believe you who focus our days around you and our thoughts around you and what you want us to do lord you haven't called us just to sit around and and just read the bible and not interact with people and and become experts lord but you've called us lord to be filled with your spirit to love our children to love our wives to love our husbands to to uh show mercy and kindness to the world to reach out to the poor To be the judges of the earth that we're in. That we could be those that fill those slots in politics. And and those that would, would fill those slots in medicine and in economics, oh God. That we would, through the power of your spirit, build empires. That would crush the head of the serpent. Lord, I pray, oh God, Lord, that we would see that your kingdom is coming. That your will is being done. That that prayer that you gave the disciples, the example of what to pray for, would be ours. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And help us to understand that it's the simple things, our daily bread, that we give thanks for. Lord, the obedience of your word that you would not lead us in temptation but deliver us from evil, that we would forgive others. That we would forgive the debts of others and our debts would be forgiven. And we would do this for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In Christ's name we pray and all the church said, amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.